Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are, and welcome to the Politics Guys with your hosts, Dave Carson and Michael Darnowski. Welcome to the Politics Guys. I'm Michael Baranowski, a political scientist at Northern Kentucky University. My co-host this week, as always, is Cleveland area attorney and sometime Republican strategist Jay Carson. Here's this week's Ask the Politics Guys question, Jay. All right, fire away. You guys don't seem to like either of the presidential candidates. If you could make anyone the nominee of your party, who would it be and why them? All right. Now, you want to start out or you want me to? You want me to go first? You, you, you please. Yeah, I'll, I'll go first. Um, you know, I, I think looking back, when I got started in um, in politics, my, my teen years, college years, uh, one of my heroes, um, again, I sort of grew up in the Reagan era, was Jack Kemp. Uh, oh, yeah. And and I liked Jack Kemp because of his message was was one of inclusion. His message was one that I think is often not not put out there enough by uh, by conservatives, and that is that free market economics is the greatest engine to alleviate poverty and suffering uh, that that we've ever devised. Absolutely. Um, and and I I think you know Jack Kemp's idea was out- outreach to. Uh, communities uh, where, where uh, you know, for one reason or another, they were they were trapped and, and struggling and not able to to engage in the entrepreneurship that builds communities. Um, so I, I've always I've always looked for that, and I'm, you know, sort of I'm in some ways sort of a, a bleeding heart conservative, and uh, that it's not a matter of I just want the rich to get richer, uh, but I think there's something at the core of of Republican and conservative ideology, or, or at least there ought to be, that what we're fighting for is is the individual's right to to go after their dreams, uh, do what they want, and, and and sort of empower the you know the the human spirit to to do do great stuff. So, yeah. looking across the landscape, um, you know, probably the person who is is closest to that vision would be uh, Paul Ryan. Uh, who's put forth uh, various anti-poverty programs and talking about how to make the, the free market uh, work uh, in places where it, it doesn't now. Uh, a lot of that is is stripping away uh, other government programs. Um, so, you know, I, I like I like Paul Ryan a lot f- from that ideological perspective. Uh, the other part of it is, is, and maybe this is just a little bit of me and where I come from and sort of a Midwestern sort of sensibility – uh, but I think I think someone like uh, a Paul Ryan would be widely electable uh, across the uh, across the spectrum. Um, I'm also, uh, you know, as I've said a number of times, a, a big fan of Governor Kasich here in Ohio. Uh, I, I differ with him on uh, Medicaid expansion, um, but uh, you know, <clears throat> close family members can have have disagreements with one another and, uh, you know, so forth. So, um, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not actually related to Governor Kasich. I'm just saying ideological no, family yeah. members. <laughs> yeah, like a second but, cousin uh, once removed, maybe, I don't know. Exactly. Yeah. Um, uh, so, so those, those would be the type of, of, of people that, that I would look for is, okay. is someone who is willing to, uh, reach out and uh, you know go into the the, the big tent is uh, is what they used to call it. Now there's there's a 
counter argument to that, and this is the way it's worked out through the last couple of years, is that the way you win elections is playing to your base and getting their base more and more excited. Um, and there might be some wisdom to that uh, in the short term, but I think in the long term, uh, Republicans, if, if they're looking at uh, how we're going to win, I mean, you have to start looking at addressing some of the demographic challenges, and that's going to be winning voters uh, in in cities and uh, reaching out to uh, women and minorities, uh, and and with a with a message that's you know not a, a pandering message, uh, one that's different from from the Democrats of saying, hey, we're just here to take care of you, but but rather we see you not as a a black, white, Hispanic, uh, whatever. Uh, we see you as a human being and your potential, uh, and and we want you to be able to take full advantage of that. Okay, you know, I, I got to say. All three of those names you mentioned, there's there's one thing that I really like about Jack Kemp, Paul Ryan, and John Kasich. I, I certainly may agree or disagree with them. Now, now Kemp is, is no longer with us, but uh, Ryan and Kasich obviously very much are, are part, of, a part of contemporary politics. And while I may, may disagree with them on some policy matters, one thing that I firmly believe is that they're all fundamentally decent people that really yeah. want the best for America and Americans. And so on that level, you know, I, I think there's something very appealing about all of them. I don't know that I could vote for either of them, but I, I wouldn't certainly discount it out of hand. And because can, can I add, can I add one more? Name? Yeah, go ahead. And this is, this isn't someone who would actually be running. Yeah. Um, back when I was in high school, we did this sort of, you know, assignment where you sort of did this ideological quiz and sort of them were matched up with right. uh, the, the person in the Senate who, who most mirrored your, your views. Yeah. I shall do that with my um, students. Yeah. Okay. Go ahead. Yeah. And, and I got uh, Alan Simpson of Wyoming. Oh yeah. He was a good one. Absolutely. And, and I, uh, you know, so it's sort of weird. I've always had this sort of, you know, weird affection for uh, <laughs> Senator Simpson. <laughs> Again, I remember when I was in high school and did, did the quiz, I had no idea who Alan Simpson was. Um, but you know, since then he's he's been out of the Senate for some time now. But he was appointed by President Obama uh, to be part of the Simpson Bowles Commission, mm -hmm. which I think has, did some really important work that was completely ignored. Absolutely, uh, regarding uh, budget and entitlement reform. Um, so I, I would I would say he again would be the type of of person. Uh, and again, the Simpson Bowles report, uh, the committee couldn't come to a final recommendation, so they sort of. It was sort of a split the baby and talk about process. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, listen, here's if, if you know we're going to get the uh, the deficit down or the the uh, debt down. Uh, here here are the steps we have to take, and it's going to be trade offs. Yeah. Um, but I, I think again, he was he was someone who was sensitive to, um, uh, you know, he he was a fiscal hawk, uh, but he was also uh, someone who who understood the the need to to make deals in order to get. Uh, get where you're going. Right, right. Yeah, I, I, I can see that. I think those are, I think from a, from a center-right Republican, those are all, you know, reasonable, honorable choices. And I, I like I said, I, I, I think those are some good calls. So I approached this question uh, in a, I, I don't know, a slightly different way, maybe a Hillary Clinton-ish kind of way. I have a list. Um, <laughs> all the, have, well, I, I, what I did is, of, yeah, exactly, uh, uh, of, of of criteria. Well, I, what I did is I made a list of all the qualities that my ideal candidate would have, and I worked back from that, crossing off anyone who didn't meet my key criteria. So, 
here are my here, here are the criteria I have, and these are most definitely in order of importance. Number one, agree. I have to agree with them on key policy positions. Obviously, right? All right. Number two, rationality. They have to base their views on the best available evidence, and they have to be willing to change their mind in the face of compelling new evidence. So that's the second criteria. Okay. Third, humility, or at least some sign that they understand that everyone is limited, everyone is biased, and as such, meaning that fervent devotion to big ideas from very smart people can be a really, really dangerous thing. So what I'm saying here is not an ideologue at a minimum, but you can also be not an ideologue and be anything but humble. So I, I like I like that one. I mean, that's sort of I, I said something last yeah. week about candidates who who are respectful of the the limitations of yeah. the system and, yeah and you know both both yeah. you and I share a kind of a, a Burkean uh, political philosophy and that and so humility is a big part of that so yeah I thought you'd probably like that one so fourth a belief that they're running for a reason bigger than themselves that they you know that they genuinely care about the long-term interests of the country the American people and that they can put those interests ahead of their personal short-term interests Okay. Number five, previous executive political experience, ideally as governor, ideally as governor of a big, diverse state. I give bonus points for a governor who had to deal with a legislative majority from the other party, and if that person can point to successes working across the aisle. Chris Christie is your man. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) he fails on a few other things, yeah. Number six, previous foreign policy experience, given the state of the world. And then finally, number seven, courage. Evidence that they stuck with some unpopular position due to a belief in their rightness. Now, I should point out that without the rationality that I mentioned, that can easily become obstinacy or obstructiveness. So those are my seven criteria. Okay? Okay. Now, this will be, I, I can't believe it, this will be the eighth presidential election in which I'll be voting. God, it doesn't seem like that long. And on only one of those occasions has a candidate met on either party, in my view, met all seven of my criteria, or at least come really, really close. Um, and I, you might be able to guess who that candidate is. I don't know. You want to take a shot at it? Oh, wow. Um, well, I'll tell you what. Well, I'll, I, I'll, I'd say, I mean, again, initially from when I knew you, well, you, no, you wouldn't, you wouldn't have been old enough to vote for Reagan. Nope. Uh, I would say George H.W. Uh, Bush. Oh, good one. You got it in one. Yes, George H.W. Yeah. Bush. I proudly voted for him in 88 and 92. I still call him the good Bush. Um, you know, I'm more liberal now than I was then. So policy-wise, we might be less aligned than we were back then, though I think because of George H.W. Bush's many fine qualities, he might have shifted too as new evidence came out. And I should also point out there's no way – that he'd make it in today's far-right Republican Party. George H.W. Bush, I think he's a good and honorable man, and uh, I've never been prouder voting for anyone than voting for him in 1988 and 1992. But current politicians, it was a little harder for me. So, But of current politicians, I think the best fit for me would actually be Lincoln Chafee. And okay. he was he was actually a Democratic candidate for president this year for about 10 seconds, it seemed, uh, actually a few months. Now, he's a former senator, uh, senator from, and he was a former governor of Rhode Island, not exactly a, a big, diverse state, but okay, 
You know, he's a Republican turned Democrat turned independent. He served on the Senate Foreign Relations Committee. I like almost all of his policy stands. Uh, and just like George H.W. Bush, I don't think he could make it in the modern Republican Party or, for that matter, the modern Democratic Party in this age of emotionally driven partisan polarization. Uh, I was he's, he's dis- sort of proven that he can. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, he had he had all the charisma of a I don't know, of a turnip, unfortunately. But that's the sort of person that I would love to see be a nominee of my party. Unfortunately, that hasn't happened, but that's, that's, that's who has my vote, Lincoln Chafee. I, I would say your, your vice presidential nominee, though, would, would be not far off from the Lincoln Chafee model. You think? Hmm. You know, I, had, I don't know. You know, I, I'm, not, I'm not unhappy with the choice of, of, of Tim Cannon. No, he ticks exactly all of those, all of those boxes, but 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 yeah, I suppose so. I think Chafee's kind of my ideal, just because he hits so many of those categories right. that I like. And but again, those are exactly, and you know, we've talked about this before. You have a um, thing for like New Englanders too. I think. Yeah, That's- exactly. You know, and I thought about, uh, I, I thought about uh, Susan Collins, Olympia Snow. You know, those sort of. I was just about to mention Susan Collins. Yeah. yeah you but, know, yeah. those are the kind of people, a vanishing breed. Uh, if I had to go across the aisle, you know, those would be my picks. But again, those are the sort of folks who we see less and less in American politics, and I think it's very much to our disadvantage as a country. Okay, I, I would say that's a. I, I'm not particularly a huge Lincoln Chafee fan, uh, just because of the switching parties. To me, that's that's uh, something me, that that one just ought not to do. To me, that's courage. Um, but you know, I, yeah. Yeah, I mean, well, to me, courage would be staying in the party and fighting for what what you want and what what you believe. I think you can argue um, it both ways. I see that point. Sure. Yeah, sure. Uh, but no, I, I think those are those are some respectable choices. Yeah, and, and of course, I you know I am still uh, officially uh, registered with the FEC candidate for president. So, uh, you know, I I don't think I'll actually will I vote for myself. I might you're, actually. You're, you're you're sort of weak in the executive experience you know, of, of I, running I, a large, diverse state. Or, yeah, I don't really tick many uh, of those boxes, do I? policy experience, I mean. Humble, though. I'm so humble. Yes. Um, you know, there's that. But anyway, uh, I think that pretty much covers it, wouldn't you say, Jay? I think so. All right. Well, that's it for this episode of Ask the Politics, guys. Thanks, everyone, for listening. If you have any questions for future episodes or just any thoughts, comments, or criticisms, we would love to hear from you. Our email is politicsguys at gmail.com. Our Facebook page, where Jay and I post and comment on news articles throughout the week and where you can join in, is facebook.com slash politicsguys page. And if you're listening to us on iTunes or Stitcher, we would really appreciate it if you could take just a minute to rate the show and write a quick review. Finally, if you like what we're doing and want us to be able to keep on doing it, a donation of even a buck or two would really help. You'll find donation links on our site, politicsguys.com. We'll be back next Wednesday. We hope you'll join us.